But this morning, before we do that next week, I really felt the Lord put in my heart this week uh, to bring a message that I've titled, Better Together. We are better together. Can I tell you this? I am a firm believer that, you know, Scripture says we're called to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? We're called to work that out on our own. But we are not called to walk this journey by ourselves. I hear people, I've heard different people say all the time, well, I'm just a loner Christian. Well, you're not called to be a loner Christian. I just feel like I need to do this by myself. Can I tell you this? You'll never be strong alone. I don't care what you say. You can convince me until you're blue in the face. I will not believe that you're your strongest when you're by yourself. We are better. The church is better when we're together. Even the simple fact of, look, if I came to church on Sundays over here and I was by myself and nobody showed up to church, I'd like to think things are still going to happen and everything's going to be exciting and this, that, and the other. But probably being by myself, it's not the same as having everybody here assembled together as we're called to do because things happen when we come together. Things happen when we're together. There's a little story illustration that I found. It says a certain father had a family of sons who were forever quarreling among themselves. No words he could say did the least good. So he cast about in his mind for some very striking examples that should make them see that discord would lead them to misfortune. One day when the quarreling had been much more violent than usual and each of the sons were moping in a gruff manner, he asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks. Then handling the bundle to each of his sons, he told them to try and break it. But although each one tried his best, not one was able to break the whole bundle of sticks. The father then united the bundle and gave the sticks to his sons to break one by one. They did this very easily. My son, said the father, do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you? But if you are divided amongst yourselves, you will be no stronger than a single stick in that bundle. Now some of you might be like, oh, that's a new... This is truth. This is truth. Now this simple story could be applied to any number of situations, many of, of which some of you are probably thinking about right now. Today, however, as it pertains to the church, the lesson is simply a powerful one. We're better together than we are alone. How are we better together? When we are together, we're stronger. Well, Pastor John, I can, I can do this by myself. I can, I can do that. I, I guarantee you need people. You're just too prideful and up on your high horse to admit that you need somebody. We cannot do this by ourselves. We can't. That's why if you even study in Scripture, multiple places in Scripture, they were not alone. They weren't alone. They had somebody. Somebody had them. We are better together than we are alone. Today, there's several passages of Scripture we're going to look at as we discuss strength that we experience together. The first one's going to be Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. I know I'm going to read this, and some of you are going to be like, how does this pertain to this? Just listen. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. 
But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Some translations of this passage say where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. I think we all understand what this means, okay? If you don't want a mess, then you need to have an empty manger. This is what this basically is saying. Because as you can imagine, getting a bunch of oxen together can be messy business. We're going somewhere with this. How many, let me, let me try to word this the best I can without anybody taking this the wrong way. Being in a community, we'll even go as far as saying of being in a community of other believers is messy too sometimes. Don't take this the wrong way. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But being in a group of people can be messy sometimes. Right? In fact, it can get so messy that there are many of us who have experienced wounds in the church, in the community. Many that have experienced hurts in the church and in the community. Or from being a part of a certain community. Truth is, is when you get a bunch of people together like oxen, it can be messy business. Is this okay? Like, do you get what I'm saying here? Just because we're the church doesn't mean there isn't ever any messes. Right? If we want to pertain ourselves to a bunch of oxen... We're a bunch of people coming together. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God that sometimes there's going to be a mess that needs to be cleaned up. Doesn't matter where you go. I've told people and I've heard it all my life. Don't join a perfect church because you'll ruin it. There is no perfect church. But you know what? You've got people in the church that go from this church to that church and that church to this church. Because they think the church is the problem. Because they think that church has got too many issues. Or because that person offended me that sits on the other side of the sanctuary that I don't even talk to anyway. That person looked at me funny. That person said something to me in the parking lot. Or that person didn't approach me. And we got people that are going from one church to another church to another church. Let me tell you this. I don't care how many times you church hop. Well, I do care in a way because we're not called to be church hoppers. Because you're not really a part of a community that way. You're not part of a church body that way. But I don't care how many times you attempt to do that. You're always going to find a mess no matter where you go. I know we just want to talk about the, the, the joys of church and, and the light of church and the excitement of church, but sometimes church is messy. Pastor John, you've been gone two weeks and you're coming back and we're just going to talk about messes and the church's failures and faults. No, because I think you need to understand this because the problem is not the church. The problem is our perspective of the church. This is good, take it if you don't want to, receive it, whatever you want to do. The problem isn't the church, it's our perspective of the church. When we join the church, we think the perspective, our perspective and the world's perspective is the church must be perfect. 
Or the perspective is, well, they're a follower. Why are they doing that? Or the perspective is, well, I'm going to a place that they all believe in Jesus. So what could go wrong? When you go to a church, your perspective is, shouldn't be, I'm going to a place that's perfect. Your perspective must be, I'm going to a place where God is worshipped even through imperfect people. Is this alright? We are all imperfect people serving a perfect God. Now don't take this the wrong way and say, well, pastor says, I, I can leave church and continue to be imperfect. Or I can just stay where I am and just be whoever I want to be. And, and this that's not what I'm saying. We're all to strive to be like Jesus. We're all to strive to become everything God wants us to be. But sometimes, and I know a lot of pastors don't like to talk about this because they don't want to admit that they got things of their own. But how many know no matter how many times you strive to be perfect and strive every day to be like Jesus, sometimes there's a mess. Sometimes there's something that you didn't expect. And I hear more people complaining about the messes in the church because they have a perspective that the church should never be messy. Can I tell you this? If you're in the business of doing what Jesus does, the church will always and should always be messy. Because if it's not, then we're not allowing messy people to come into the church. We should allow the church to be messy. Some of you don't like this. I know, but it is what it is. We need to allow the church to be messy. And what I mean by that is there's people in our world that are messed up. Some of us at times are messed up. <laughs> Get off that horse, Kevin. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying this morning? The church is not always going to remain whew, clean. Because where a bunch of people are, and we want a bunch of people coming in, there's going to be mess. It's going to be a messy situation sometimes. But messy situations can be cleaned up. Which means it's okay to be messy, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay to come in and say, I'm messed up. I got issues in my life. I got problems in my life. And it's okay to say, hey, I'm not perfect. Sometimes you got to look in your own mirror and say, you're not perfect. Because when we get to that place where we think we got no faults, that's when we have the biggest fault. That's why we need to be thankful every day that we're thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. Where His mercies are new every morning. I don't know who needed to hear all that this morning, but that had nothing to do with where I was headed. When we get a bunch of people together like oxen, it's messy business. The flip side to this, however, and the beauty that Proverbs 14.4 captures is that the same bunch of messy oxen can bring about an incredible increase. Think about this. You might say, well, pastor, I'm messy. Well, jump on the ship and let's go get increase. Much increase comes from the strength of an ox. So something might be messy, but it also in the same time is strong. 
So if you can take that mess and turn it into something good, what you could do for God is limitless. Nice ringtone. Let's go. From the front. <laughs> I had to go with it. I, I mean, it was a little, it was the, the beat was there. But anyway. How many know oxen are strong? Right? Oxen are stubborn. Oxen are messy. Oxen need a lot of care and they need a lot of direction. Does anybody realize, man, we can apply this to the church? Is this beginning to sound familiar to you? Are you starting to wonder, man, maybe we're not really talking about oxen. But we're talking about people. Jesus has chosen us and he has chosen to use us to build his church. We are what Peter calls living stones. Being built into a spiritual house. And even though it's messy, and even though it's hard sometimes, there is an increase that comes when we put our collective strengths together for the sake of the gospel. I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, the mayonnaise. Paul brought it up again a couple weeks ago, the mayonnaise. We might feel like we all got different things and we play different roles and we got different parts. We do. But when we put those things together, too many times we want to focus on the, the bad qualities of people. And I think we need to focus more on the good qualities of people. You okay with that? Because we've got too many people that are, huh, this and that and pick and pick and pick. Let me tell you what, you know what I see a lot of times? If we could rein that part in and use the good, things that could happen. Things that could happen. But you only have that perspective if you have a true perspective of yourself. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We strive to do and be our best and be everything God has intended for us to be. But do not look at yourself better than somebody else. Everybody has a part to play to bring about increase in the kingdom of God. We are stronger when we work together. We used to watch, I can't remember what it's called, Life Below Zero or something like that over in Alaska. And I remember one episode, this guy tried pulling his sled with only two of his dogs. Could not pull the sled. But he hooked all the dogs up, Right? all of them working together, he was able to get where he needed to go. Can I tell you this? One person could not pull the weight of the church of Jesus Christ. Two people cannot pull the weight of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. When it comes to reaching the world, the church rising up, it doesn't take just Pastor John and the leadership of his church. It takes every member, every part, every function to rise up and be and do what God has called you to be and do and say, no matter what, I am going to be of service to the kingdom of God. We are stronger together. 
we will see greater increase working together than we will working by ourselves. We're better together. Speaking of being alone, I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about this. What benefit is it to the devil, the devil if you're alone? I want you to think about this. What does he gain if you remove yourself from fellowship and decide to take the journey of faith all by yourself? As you think about this question, let's read 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom, everybody say whom, whom he may devour. Some translations use the word someone he may devour or an individual he may devour. There are two points I want to make from this verse. First of all, Peter compares the hunting style of the devil to that of a lion. Now, I'm just curious, has anybody ever here ever YouTube lions hunting? If you do that, you will come to the conclusion that they're lazy hunters. They truly are. They know what they're doing, but they're lazy hunters. They prowl around looking for the young, the weak, the hurt, the old, and so on. They don't attack the herd. I want you to understand this. They do not attack the herd. But they do look for those separated off from the group. This should be an eye-opener to you. Those separated from the group. Lions want easy targets. And Peter is right to compare the devil to a lion. If you want to walk this faith, this, this journey by yourself, you are an easy target for the enemy to attack you. They do not attack a herd. They do not attack groups. If you look at the word whom and you study the word whom or someone, that's one person. It doesn't say he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for the church body to attack, looking for some big herd or some big group. It says whom he may devour. That is someone. That is a person. That is an individual. You know, I, I'm so tired of different people that have come to me over and over and over and the, the whole speech of they don't feel connected and they don't feel this and they don't feel that. And yet, let me tell you what, I am so done. I'm back from vacation. Hallelujah. I'm so done listening to people's silly woe is me comments of I don't feel connected. You don't feel connected because you don't get connected. It is not Pastor John's job to connect you. It is not my job to place you where you should be and where you need to be and to associate with this person or that person. The church offers ministries in the church. We got Sunday morning. We got three life groups during the week. You say you don't feel connected. Do you go get connected? It's not my responsibility for you to feel connected. 
Because at the end of the day, I'm not really here for your feelings. I'm here for the truth, whether it hurts your feelings or makes them feel good. No matter what, at the end of the day, how you feel is how you feel, but what you do with how you feel is what's most important. You need to get connected. You need to get involved. If you're a part of a church family, get involved with that church family. I'm not saying, now don't get me wrong, this isn't a, a cult where you can't fellowship with other believers outside of his church and all that weird junk that a lot of people do. Seriously. I don't care. If they're a born-again believer, we're all part of the kingdom of God. We're a part of the kingdom of God. Just to clarify, we have Sunday morning, three life groups throughout the week. That's all the ministries the church offers right now. Anything outside of that has nothing to do with the church. But we offer things for you to get involved in, for you to get connected. What you do with that is what you do with that. Don't tell me you don't feel connected if you're not getting connected. There's ways to get involved, ways to grow. But if you're not connected and you do nothing about getting connected, you're an easy target for the enemy. He's looking for easy targets. What does the scripture say? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Can I tell you this? You will have the life abundantly as much as you want the life abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Pastor John, I feel like he's attacking my home and he's doing this and he's doing that. I don't know how he broke in. He didn't break in. You gave him access in there. You gave him access. You gave him permission. Get connected. You're not called to walk this faith feeling like I'm all alone. You only feel alone because you don't put yourself out there to get involved and to grow with others. He knows that someone in fellowship with others, the devil knows if you're being encouraged and strengthened by others, is a much more difficult prey than someone who's walking by themselves. Simply put, there's strength in numbers. We're better together. You wouldn't walk. Now, maybe you would. I wouldn't. I'm not going to go to where my sister and her husband pastor in Westside, Maryland. Anybody know knows anything about Westside, Maryland? This ain't a place you want to be walking by yourself. I ain't kidding. Like, it's messed up. You wouldn't want to walk down some dark alley alone at midnight in some bad part of town by yourself. And can I tell you this? You don't need to travel through the valley of the shadow of death alone either. God is building a spiritual house. He's building a church out of living stones. We need to be together. But now we live in a world where everybody gathers less. Because of stupidity and foolishness. But Scripture says that we need to assemble together all the more as you see the day approaching. Not all the less. 
all the more as you see the day approaching. But yet you see less and not more. Like the bundle of sticks bound together by string, we are bound together by faith. And we gather together for strength. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Though there are so many out there who can be overpowered, two can work together. And three are not quickly broken. As an example of this, just consider for a moment that Jesus, ready? If you study this, he sent out his disciples in pairs. He didn't send them by themselves. He sent them in pairs to share the good news of the kingdom. Think about God looking in on Adam in the garden and realizing that it was no good for him to be by himself. Think about the plurality of leadership modeled by the early church and the extensive list of people working together for the sake of the gospel. And Paul gives us that in Romans 16. Can I tell you this? There's more churches against each other than for each other. And it's really sad. I was just talking with another pastor in this area uh, while I was on vacation and I messaged him and I told him, I said, I said, I'd love to start connecting with you when I get back from vacation. Even if it's just me and you. And he was all on board with that. I said, we need, we need connections. You know what? There might be some doctrinal differences a little bit here and a little bit there. But you know what? I can, I can look past some doctrinal differences for salvation. Don't like it? Too bad. People need salvation. I'm not going to change what I feel or what I believe about some different things. Now, I'm not talking about worldly things. If that's where your mind is going, that's not what I'm talking about. But we get so caught up in churches and their doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost or, or, or the evidence of speaking in tongues and, or what this means or what that means. And we get so focused over here that there's people dying and going to hell over here. And all we want to do is argue about these doctrinal differences when people need the salvation message of Jesus Christ. And the church must be working together to see souls saved. I don't care if you don't agree with me. I know pastors that are reaching the lost. Man, they might have questions about some of the things that we Pentecostals believe, if that's how we're labeled. But they're reaching people for Jesus Christ. And there's many Pentecostals that don't because all they want to focus on is the evidence. Is that all right? Don't care if it isn't. Because it's truth. I grew up in the Pentecostal background. I grew up in different things. I've seen different things. I know it's real. I know God can move and I've seen the operation of it. I know those things are real. But I'm not going to focus all my time debating with people over things like that when we can all agree that people need Jesus. 
People need Jesus. And I think we need to see more churches working together than being divided. That's my heart. And I can't control what other pastors or churches around here want or don't want. But my heart is, man, if we could come together with the same mission of, man, we need people to know about Jesus Christ and the gospel message. What could happen in Oxford County if there wasn't so much division and more perspective on we need to reach our surrounding communities? Things could happen. There are almost endless examples to choose from with being together and what happens when we're together. Together we'll see a greater harvest. Together we see a greater increase. Together we are better protected. We are stronger together than we are alone and we're better together. This is my heart. I said it a few minutes ago, I'll say it again. What you do with this is up to you. In closing, I want to share a few verses with you that I skipped over earlier. Hunt, if you want to come back and play. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, this is what I like, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. How many want some people in your life that will help you out? I don't care how big you are, how tough you are, or that you think you'll never fall. When I fall, I want somebody to pick me up. I remember when I was a little kid, <laughs> my mom would hate me for sharing this. But when I was a little kid, we and my brother were out, we were out driving bikes over, you know, back when we lived dangerous and you built them jumps in the street with plywood and all that stuff, no matter how high it was, you just went for it. Well, I already walked at just about a 90 degree angle for four years of my life. I had leg braces on because I was born with a hip defect. And I, had, and I learned how to ride my bike with my legs spread and my feet tucked down into the pedals. I looked really weird. But you know what? I was persistent. I'm going to learn to do this. I'd walk around town with my mom like this, waving to vehicles, driving by, like I was that kid in town. Run, Forrest, run, you know? So I had them leg braces on, and I was on my bike, and I'm coming. We didn't have helmets on or nothing. You didn't need that when we were little. And I hit this jump. Landed perfectly fine. Everything went smooth. But then my brother comes down. My older brother, two years older than I am. He comes on his bike. And, of course, with leg braces on, I couldn't get out of the way very fast. You know, I was doing good just to ride my bike. He comes, hits this jump. And he, his, I, all I remember is his handlebar struck me in the chest and his tire got my leg and it broke my leg. And I was laying on the ground. So now only am I not having to walk with my legs spread, but now I'm going to have to have a cast and my leg up. My dad tells these stories all the time because my dad, most of my younger life, remembers carrying me on his back everywhere because I couldn't take him off to go to bed. I'd be sleeping in bed on my side with one leg up in the air. Couldn't do it. So I broke my leg, and I'm laying there on the street. It wasn't a neighborhood, so it wasn't like heavy traffic, right? 
And I'm crying. I mean, it hurt. I don't care. You don't cry, whatever. I bawled. I mean, it hurt. And my mom comes out. She thinks that, you know, I just fell off my bike. She really can't see really in the road what's going on. She's like, get him out of the road. Get him out of the road. She kept hollering to me, get up, get up. Like, you know, I'm like, so my brother goes to pick me up. And when he did, my leg just kind of dangled. Then mom stopped hollering at us and realized we got to take this kid to the hospital. So I share that stupid story to, to tell you this. My brother was there to help me get up. Something broke. We need people in our lives that when we fall and something breaks, that they don't just leave you there. They don't just take off. They're there to help pick you up and help you clean up the mess. Can I tell you this? Your circle of those kinds of people might be really small. Might be really small. Sometimes your circle's better small than it is big. I love everybody in this church. Don't get me wrong. I love everybody in this church. But my circle's not huge. I'm just being honest with you. My circle's not huge. Sometimes do I wish my circle was bigger? Sometimes I do. But other days, I'm thankful it's not. But I'm thankful that the ones I have in my circle, that if I call them, and I have fallen, not just physically, but if I feel weak, or I feel like I can't stand, or, or something's going on, I know I have people I can call that aren't just going to leave me here, they're going to help me stand up again. Those are the type of people you need. And it's sad that some people's circles need to be small, but can I tell you this? You can't trust everyone. That's another messy thing in the church because the perspective of the church is wrong. You can't. You can't tell everybody everything. But it's good to have people that you can. And know that you can. Don't allow one person that lost your trust to affect you from actually putting your trust into somebody. Because there are true, genuine people in the church that care about you. There are true, genuine people in the church that actually want to be there for you. But too many people have built up these walls because somebody offended them or somebody, they, they shared something with somebody and ended up saying something and they feel like they lost somebody's trust. The whole church isn't that way. We need to stop labeling the church this whole big way because of one person you had a problem with. Well, Pastor John, I don't want to get connected because I was hurt by somebody when I tried to get connected. Well, don't connect with them again and connect with someone else. Don't use past failures to stop you from being connected. You know why? Because that's also a tool of the enemy. Because the enemy doesn't want you connected. He doesn't want you a part of the family of God. Have I been hurt before? I've been hurt before. Have I lost trust in people? I've lost trust in people before. But if I didn't learn to let that go and start seeking out people that I can trust and friends that I can count on, I would not be where I am today if I labeled the whole church because of one past thing. Can't do that. 
I know there are people here today who have been down. Maybe you've been a, a string of bad luck. or Maybe you lost a job or had a difficulty paying bills. Maybe you've lost loved ones recently or in the past. And, and maybe you're the one who's sick and hurting. Or maybe you're just tired and maybe you feel weary. Maybe you need a little help getting back up. Part of being strong is knowing when it's time to ask for help. Yeah, I want you to think about this. I want you to ask yourself this. How can I help someone today? How can we help others? How can we lift others up? Because if you have the perspective of we're better together, you will do all you can yourself to keep people connected and to keep them together. Don't allow the ones that you've tried and tried and tried that decided they wanted to stay disconnected to stop you from pursuing other people to get connected. There's always going to be people that say no, but there's always going to be people that will say yes. So don't stop trying to get connected or getting other people connected because too many said no or you didn't like what happened before, but you're getting connected knowing, you know what? I need to be around other living stones. I need to be around other people. There might be times when it's messy. There might be times when things kind of blah all over the place. But we're here together to help the mess get cleaned up so we as the church of Jesus Christ can become everything God wants us to be.